Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House's season finale. It's Christmas Eve, and we're walking through a ring of fire back to the year of our Lord, 1982, to dance along with the Smurfs Christmas special. I am my dear mother's recipe for making life miserable, Mike Westfall. And joining me is a very wise man with a beard who won't outright say he's not Santa. Please welcome Tom Crow from Tis the Podcast. Hello, Tom. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to you're here. And he would have made a heck of a Christmas pudding if only he hadn't eaten that last walnut. Please welcome Jerry Davila from Totally Rad Christmas. Hey, Jerry. Hey, I'm so smurfing jazzed to be here. <laughs> I know. Where else would you rather be on Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me on this one. So let's start with... Did you grow up watching this special or the Smurfs in general as a kid, Tom? Heck yes, I did. Uh, I watched the Smurfs all the time as a kid and absolutely loved them. It was the Smurfs were such an such a uh, an iconic part of my childhood that I have that I still have such great fond memories of. So when I went back to rewatch this special, I remembered every single bit of it along the way. It was uh, it was like catching up with an old friend because I don't know the last time I've seen it. But I did get so sucked into it that my daughter and I then watched the Halloween special as well today. So, oh, very a, nice. This was a fun day. Jerry, what about you? Yeah, I remember this one as well. Although it's same thing, just like Tom. It's been quite a few years since I've seen it, but I was so into Smurfs that I had when I was two and three, I had a Smurf birthday party, and I even have one of my little Smurf figures here. Oh wow! Look at you—you <laughs> you came prepared. There's a I, I had Peewit and Johan somewhere, but I think my kids have misplaced them. So, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, I loved this one. This was just so many memories. It was great. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. This is one that was on one of my parents, many VHS tapes that they just crammed with Christmas specials. But I haven't had a VHS player in my house in a very, very long time. So it's still at my parents, I'm sure. But. I don't think they have a VHS player either. I don't know. But it's been a very, very long time since I've seen it. And it's been a very, very long time since this first aired. It was uh, December 13th, 1982 on NBC, a Monday night. This is their first Christmas special. There was another one much later in 1987 Mm -hmm. called Tis the Season to be Smurfy. We'll do that one another time. But this is the one I remember watching growing up. This is the one I had on tape. So I remembered it well. Uh, I did as well. And and it was that great time in our lives where, you know, you would either pause the recording <laughs> so that you didn't catch the commercials. Or uh, if you were like me and my family, we would we would always record the commercials. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't a guy. I wasn't a kid who liked to fast forward. I enjoyed commercials as a kid. See, and I'm the opposite. I I. I wanted to get through those commercials so I could get back to the show. And so I was, I was definitely a a pauser. (laughs) I remember memorizing a lot of commercial jingles as a kid. So I'd be like skipping through my house, a double pleasure waiting for you. And it's just, (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm five. So, but I do remember my parents at one point attempting to try and cut out commercials for these and it not working out well. There's a version of Garfield Christmas special that I didn't even know had that whole piano bit with grandma until decades later. (laughs) And it was like, whoa, is this a deleted seat? No, this is part of the special. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're just apparently really bad at cutting out commercials. So we stopped that pretty quickly. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit there. (laughs) That's a lot to lose. Really? Most of the time we didn't, uh, we didn't like, or we recorded commercials when it was something like Thundercats after school. Mm. So whenever we recorded like a program like the Smurfs, it would be like the whole, the whole thing just because we weren't there to actually record it. And so, so that kind of a thing, I'm used to actually the commercials, but Whenever it was like a, a special or something that was on and we wanted to record it and we were watching it live, we would go ahead and pause. Well, and now it's an extra treat to see these old commercials again. Yeah. 
I it is. It really is. <laughs> I hadn't paused them. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. Well, let's dig in. We open on a snowy Smurf village as the Smurfs decorate their human-sized Christmas tree with what appear to be fluorescent acorns. And are those spools <laughs> of thread? You know, I was wondering about that, too. I, <laughs> because, you know, I sell Christmas lights for a living. So it's like, yes. did, I mean, Papa Smurf is like an LED genius or something. I don't know how he's doing it, but I want that technology so that I can sell it in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> bioluminescence they almost look like tiny paper lanterns but they're spools i think probably donated from vanity smurf's personal collection <laughs> yes exactly exactly i used to love vanity smurf i mean just everything about him he just made me laugh every time 100%. he showed up <laughs> all right well let's let's uh favorite smurf do you have one i do i do i'm a little embarrassed to say it go ahead <laughs> brainy smurf wow <laughs> <laughs> uh brainy and jokey were my favorites as kids both sides of the spectrum jokey was awesome yeah yeah i think jokey was my favorite as a kid i think honestly as an adult mine might be grouchy smurf <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why but i hate whatever the topic of conversation is at the moment always gets a laugh out of me <laughs> I think I think as adults we you know especially because we're all about the same age I think we can all relate to Grouchy Smurf a lot yeah, more sometimes hundred percent yeah <laughs> kids get up at five in the morning you know after you stay mm-hmm. up late yep yep I wake up feeling <laughs> grouchy yeah I'm pretty impressed with the infrastructure the Smurfs have built around this tree having an entire scaffolding set up for safety yeah because uh, it's a very impressive size Christmas tree it is. It sure is. Yeah. I mean, you think about like the Macy's tree and or not Macy's, the one in Rockefeller Center. Right. I mean, it's just it's like ridiculously huge. But this I mean, this takes it to another level. It does. But the Smurfs are handling it. They've got they've got a a lot of human sized thread and bioluminescent rocks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally stealing that technology. (laughs) And they've decorated every inch of this thing and topped it with a very impressive eight pointed star, which. I kind of wish we could see how they managed to get that up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they have all that thread, I imagine an elaborate pulley system. Oh, there you go. That makes <laughs> sense. Maybe received help from the woodland creatures around them that they seem to be so connected to, like yeah. the squirrel who throws them nuts, you know? Right. Could be. Well, yeah. And then, of course, later on, and spoilers, when Papa Smurf commands those wolves. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. Oh, we'll get I, into that. I had completely forgotten that he could do that. So did <laughs> that, I. That yeah, that one just just right over my head. But gaining superpowers. Apparently, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Tom, if it actually was some sort of like bird or something. An that- owl or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the uh what was the giant cauldron of diabetes they were making? <laughs> that is Greedy Smurf's very large, very pink Christmas pudding, and I kind it of is- want to try it. I do too. <laughs> you you know you're going to go into a coma if you eat it, but it still looks too good not to try. It's worth it. It's worth a three day coma for. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, those kids seem to be enjoying it. Long weekend. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that was the one thing. The biggest thing that I remembered about this whole special. Uh, well, there was two things. One was that you know they thought Papa Smurf was Santa, but two was that big pink pudding. <laughs> yep. I kind of want to create like, that. Right. I get the Papa Smurf being Santa. I always thought he had that that resemblance either. I, I'm sure it was from this episode, but he always reminded me of Santa. My son thinks everyone with a white beard is Santa. I'll be pl- I downloaded a demo today for the Legend of Zelda or uh, Hyrule Warriors Age nice. of Calamity. And the king of Hyrule is this big, white, fluffy beard. And he calls him, hey, it's King Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I think Santa, I think that's his, uh, his side gig. He actually yeah, rules King Hyrule. of Hyrule. <laughs> not a bad gig. No, that's not uh, a bad gig at all. I have a good buddy who's part of the Brotherhood of the Real Bearded Santas, the International Brotherhood really? of the Real Bearded Santas. So uh, I got to go to check out their Zoom, and it is just amazing to see a Zoom, a Zoom screen full of like 90 real bearded wow. white santas <laughs> nice. a few of them had mrs claus next to them some of them came in Naturally. costume oh it was it was magical oh man that's awesome starting to get the oh, gray man. in my hair but it's like doing like a, a reed richards pattern around the side and like i need this to go fully white i kind of want the santa beard but <laughs> right i'm just getting i'm just getting you know 
starting to look dirty more than anything right now. Yeah. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting to go to go Santa. That's why I shaved mine because I was just, I was, it was really red. So first of all, my students back when I taught thought that I, I dyed my beard. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was the craziest thing. So I decided to shave it because soon after that, as you know, after the red, because it's lighter than my dark hair, it started going white. And I was like, okay, that's enough. And now it's like slowly filling in here. But I mean, that'd be rad to rock the Reed Richards. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get, I need to grow in more on top to, to make the full effect. But wife likes it short. <laughs> So all around the village, we see everyone decorating and getting ready for the Smurfs' big Christmas festival, and they apparently throw it every year, most notably Harmony Smurf, who wants someone, anyone, to hear the progress on his big trumpet solo. Oh, hi, Smurfette! I'm going to play a solo in the holiday festival. Want to hear it? Oh, I can't right now, Harmony. Maybe later. Harmony is played by Hamilton Camp, the original voice of Gizmo Duck. Nice. Really? Yes. Blathering Blatherskite. Uh, Hamilton Camp's got a very, very long list of credits. Some others I'll shout out are Professor Chromedone in The Tick. Awesome. The Young Barney Rubble in The Flintstone Kids. I remember that. Wow. And in the movie Joe Dirt, he's the guy who identifies what Joe thought was a meteor is actually a giant frozen <laughs> pile of human poop from an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Look it I up, remember kid. that too. <laughs> that uh, we missed. We were wrong on how the star got up there. By the way, y'all. Oh, what happened? I had to go back because I thought there was something there. But did they just kind of slingshot it up there? Uh, they used the scaffolding. Oh, of course. I guess it's light enough that they got hefty Smurf to carry it up there. I guess. I, <laughs> I had to oh, go back and is. find it, but sure enough, yeah. there they are. Yep. Huh. So in a ladder and all right. Pretty impressive. And well again, done. those just I'm I'm confused about I'm with you. I'm confused about the spools of thread. They're the size of them, so they're not vanity sirs, or maybe they are. I don't know. I and haven't really three taken apples a- high. And the <laughs> spool is what, like maybe an inch? Yeah, Smurfs are three apples. That's a big spool. Yeah, that's a big spool. <laughs> uh Hamilton Camp is also the voice of Greedy Smurf, who's making this very large pink pudding. Looks like there are bits of chocolate and cherries in there. Yeah. Sprinkles. Yeah. I really wanted to dive into this thing. Could be. I don't know what that green stuff is. Maybe candy or peppermint cubes, perhaps. Could be. That would make sense. Maybe it's peppermint. Ooh. We make, uh, in our family, we make a gelatinous green goop Watergate salad. So do we. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, Watergate. it's like Cool Whip and Jello mm-hmm. and pistachio. Pistachio. Oh, yep. This yep. sounds amazing. I don't think I've Pineapple. heard of this. It looks like a green version of this, really. Pretty okay. much. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I haven't made that in years. I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah, that was like a staple at all our family gatherings, like every Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas. We always had that uh, Watergate salad. My aunt. That's the only thing she ever made. She didn't cook, and that's the only thing she ever brought to. Uh, Family dinners was Watergate salad, and I never complained. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having this for dinner. (laughs) I miss this art style, y'all. Like the new Smurfs that are out there and everything digitized. I really do. Yeah, this is this is like prime Hanna-Barbera. Well, no, not prime. Yeah, maybe a little later. Prime Hanna-Barbera is like 60s, 70s. But this is like when the new wave is starting to get in here and. But even the, y'all color, ever- the color scheme is is just, you know, there's something about the particular set, the color set that they used here. You know, it's not so like in your face as you get a lot of days, you know, a lot of times nowadays. Yeah, there are a lot of pastels. It feels very yep. painted. Mm-hmm. They were very, very, very respectful of the source material that it looks like a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was from you know, a Belgian was- comic, wasn't it? Yes. By Peo. When I was growing up, there was a short-lived theme park in Houston for Hanna-Barbera. It was Hanna-Barbera Land. Really? Yeah. I never got uh, to go. It, it was long gone before we, we went up there. It was pretty amazing, y'all. I know <laughs> King's Dominion in Virginia had a Smurf Mountain at one point for about four or five years. I've never been, but I know it exists. 
were you when you were in Houston? Did you know where Splashtown was? Mm-hmm. That used to be Hanna Barbera, like for the Six Flags. Oh wow! Huh? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Wish I could have gone. It would have been cool. Yeah, that sounds like it would have been a lot of fun. It was pretty epic. I went. We got to go for my birthday one year, and as soon as you walked in, it said really big across the top, "Happy Birthday, Tom." Really? <laughs> Probably said Tommy. <laughs> that is wow. Acknowledge my name. <laughs> yeah, I was legit, y'all. <laughs> so I'm going to run down a few more of the Smurfs voices because they're all just kind of passing by each other, making odd comments as they're getting ready. And mm-hmm. the thing about yeah. the Smurfs voices, if you'll remember, is that they were modulated a little higher mm-hmm. because they're little. So you may be surprised if you recognize some names here. But uh, first, Smurfette, played by Lucille Bliss, who started her career as the voice of Cinderella's stepsister, Anastasia. And Mm -hmm, later, she voiced Invader Zim's teacher, Mrs. Bitters. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I definitely did not know that. (laughs) Then we have Grouchy Smurf and later Handy Smurf. Hey, Grouchy, want to hear my solo? I hate solos. Are... Both podcast favorite Michael Bell, the voice of G.I. Joe's Duke, Blowtorch, and Major Blood. Yes, that one I knew. (laughs) As well as several adults in Rugrats, plus Opus the Penguin and A Wish for Wings That Work. (laughs) I love Grouchy Smurf. He's just something about... I love Grouchy Smurf. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, then Brainy Smurf is Danny Goldman. I know that Papa Smurf will be pleased with my work, and I, for one, predict that. You want to hear my solo now? You remember the beginning of Young Frankenstein, the one student who kept asking about his grandfather? Yes. That was Danny Goldman. <laughs> Died in April 2020. R.I.P. Danny Goldman. Oh, man. Uh, and Jokey Smurf is the great June foray. <laughs> Smurfy-looking presents you have there, Jokey. My special holiday surprises. What's for every Smurf? Yeah, I saw that. Whom we last heard from on this podcast as the little drummer boy's mom for like two lines. <laughs> uh, and finally, Papa Smurf, voiced by Hanna-Barbera all-star Don Messick. <sighs> All my little Smurfs look so happy. This may be the best holiday celebration we've ever had. Yeah, gotta have Don Messick if Absolutely. you're in a Hanna-Barbera show. Probably known best as the voice of Scooby-Doo and Ranger Smith and Boo-Boo Bear. We last heard from him on the Advent Calendar House and Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, where he was the scheming showman Sam Spangles. (laughs) I love Don Messick. I mean, he's just every time you hear him, you just you know that you're going to get something great. Of course, I remember him most as Papa Smurf. Yeah. Like that's the one that just goes my my brain first. But did you also know Don Messick also provides the cat noises for Azrael? I did know that. Yeah. Yep. I did know that. <laughs> I did not. I always assume, oh, cat noise, it's Frank Welker, but not this time. Yeah, which is always strange because Frank Welker, I mean, he's pretty much any animal and anything you've yeah. ever heard. And uh, for for some reason to not have him do that, it just makes Azrael a little more special to me. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe. Because Frank Welker's here, too. He's hefty Smurf. Yeah. So. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting that they didn't, that they chose not to use him. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they take turns. <laughs> Maybe he was busy the day they first needed to record. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really know who he was until I got a little older and started yeah, doing too. my all of my research to the uh, on the Simpsons and finding out he was both Santa's little helper and Snowball, too. Yes. <laughs> And so, of course, that I had to learn everything about him. And he also went on to do, what, Nibbler on Futurama? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, who doesn't love Futurama? <laughs> like My wife. Really? Oh, that's yeah. who. My wife, too. My yeah, wife. That's true. My wife hates it. Oh, my wife and I binged all of Futurama. Oh, nice. Yeah. I bet she liked the ending. <laughs> she did. We both did. Yeah. Uh, so while the Smurfs are all decorating, we cut to elsewhere in the woods where an old man in a one horse open sleigh is telling <laughs> his two young grandchildren the story of Santa Claus. And ever since then, on every Christmas Eve, jolly Santa Claus with his white beard, light red cap, and a big sack sets out on his journey to visit children all over the world. 
And bring us presents? Oh, I love that story, Grandfather. And the f- grandfather, as well as Vanity Smurf, who shows up later, is voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, the voice of Skeletor. Skeletor. Yes. Skeletor. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Skeletor here. No, he sure doesn't. (laughs) Although, strangely enough, I can picture Skeletor saying a lot of the same things. (laughs) (laughs) Fights are fun. I like fights. Uh, As for his grandkids, we have credits for them, too. We usually don't get kid credits, uh, but we have Guinevere, voiced by Alexandra Stoddart who was also a writer on The Love Boat and was later the voice of Dazzler in Pride of the X-Men. Oh, now that's one I haven't seen in a long time. Good old Dazzler. (laughs) That's the weird one where Wolverine is Australian. Yes. (laughs) Mm. That won't happen again. Uh, Foreshadowing, yeah. (laughs) uh, And her brother, William, voiced by David Mendenhall, the voice of Daniel Witwicky in the original Transformers cartoon and movie. Wow. There's a lot of cool, a lot of cool credits here. Yeah. I mean, it just, you think you, you get one all-star and then it just keeps going. <laughs> David Mendenhall was also the voice of Brother Bear in the Berenstain Bears first TV series. Do you remember that? And he was Sylvester Stallone's son in Over the Top. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um. Do you know who would later, you know who I just learned later picked up the role of Brother Bear in the Berenstain Bears? Michael Sarah did it. For You'll see any of the newer ones? Yeah. Yes! I had no clue. I was so surprised. It was... Oh, I forget what okay, year it was. I, I want to say it's sometime in the 2000s, but I heard him like, I know that voice. What? <laughs> That's exactly even, what happened with us when we were watching, when we were watching with Ellie. I haven't seen any of the new ones. Oh, now I feel like I got to go watch it just to hear his voice. That's when I had like a couple of episodes on a DVD that we would put in the car on the little player that the kids hold when we're going on a long road trip. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know. We have one of those too. Yep. So usually I think they're watching uh Paw Patrol. <laughs> well, we, we cut the cord this year, so no more Paw Patrol. Aw, shucks. <laughs> I'll get there eventually, guys. We just never allowed Paw Patrol. There you go. That's a way to do Smart. it. Yeah. It's the right way. But they kind of cut off this conversation about Santa in the middle of it. I don't quite get why they introduce him here only to cut away from him when they could have put him in much later. But there's a lot of moving around in this special. It was pretty choppy. Yeah. I mean, I love it and it's still amazing, but it would, the editing was, was pretty odd there. Like it, it could have flowed, um, flowed a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the whole Smurf series was like this and if it was, a holdover from the way the comic strip was written, but whew. I never did read the comics. Um, Neither did I. So I can't say that, but I do. Re- I think I recall the series being like this as well. Was it? Yeah. Hmm. Of course, you know, when you're young, who cares? Right. <laughs> I guess it's to make an easier transition from the kids excitement about Christmas to the dread and hatred of Christmas by Gargamel. Oh, I hate holidays. But Christmas I despise most of all. Just think of those miserable blue Smurfs out there, making their little presents, exuding all their yuck, love and good cheer. Who's in full Grinch mode here. Gargamel is voiced by Paul Winchell, who's known for a bunch of iconic roles. Do you guys associate Paul Winchell? Who do you associate him with the most? Tigger. Tigger, yep. Yeah, and Tigger's my guy. My my daughter loves Winnie the Pooh. That was like for oh, the yeah. first like five years of her life, it was all Winnie the Pooh. And so to me, Paul Winchell will always be Tigger. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, I loved Winnie the Pooh too as a kid. It was my Winnie the Pooh was my first and my 18th birthday theme. Nice, nice. birthday party theme. Very nice. Yeah, it's Tigger for me too. But I'm happy to hear arguments for Dick Dastardly, who sounds quite a bit like Gargamel, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I did notice there's a in a lot of these voice actors, whenever they're playing characters, uh, they kind of they kind of tend to sound pretty similar most of the time, uh, you know, especially if the character is, is very similar in style. So evil characters are, you know, they kind of do that. whole thing. Yeah, but. well, and I also think that the more because I'm watching so many of these, I can start picking out the voices I hear more often. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Six of one. I think he's the only uh, cartoon voice I know of, person who voiced a cartoon that I know of that built an artificial heart. Yeah, I think so. That's correct. <laughs> I, don't know of any, yeah. I don't know of any others that have done that. Nope. Or yeah. any others who are friends with Henry Heimlich. So, you know, he's got a lot <laughs> going for him. When he's not Tigger, he's saving lives. That's I mean, man, right. Doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> no, it sure doesn't. <laughs> it's amazing. So Gargamel accidentally shuts a book on Azrael's tail, which yeah. causes the cat to knock over a whole stack of books. One of which happens to open his mother's old recipe for making life miserable. You know, the staple to every cookbook. What do you think is in that recipe? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I could say, but I might get in trouble later. So I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know, but whatever it was, it... Uh, it doesn't seem to Gargamel just can't quite get a grasp on it, I think. No. But whatever is in there, he's going to use it to ruin the Smurfs Christmas. And then we cut <laughs> back to Grandpa and the kids singing Jingle Bells for like five seconds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awkward timed awkward time song. Nice juxtaposition though. Yeah. Meanwhile, we see a <laughs> mysterious stranger and a pack of wolves um, watching them from deep in the forest. And then back to Smurf Village. <laughs> yes. It's got the weirdest cuts I've ever seen. Yeah. We're back to Smurf Village and Greedy's just about done with his pudding. All that's left to add is the last walnut, which he accidentally ate. Whoops. <laughs> well, accidentally is a, a <laughs> rather nice way of saying it, I think. That's the way he put it to Papa Smurf. <laughs> yeah, that Greedy. I mean... You know, if you're going to be a chef, you might as well be uh, might as well be named Greedy. Uh, it, well, doesn't the chef have to taste everything anyway? Yeah. Well, Greedy Smurf in this instance of the Smurf is kind of a combination of various other. Oh. There was a chef Smurf. There was a cooker Smurf, cook Smurf. And there was a separate Greedy Smurf who just liked to eat. For this cartoon, they kind of combined those traits into one character and they named him Greedy Smurf. Huh. That seems rather odd. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know, just to save on animation or something. Maybe. Or voice work. I don't know. Or they voice got work, yeah. big names there. But. <laughs> there really are. I'm sure they had to pay uh, Don Messick and uh, <laughs> yeah, Frank Welker quite a bit. Right. But do either of you have any kind of family recipe where the last step is one final ingredient and then it's complete like this last walnut? Nope. I cannot say that I do. And and we have a lot of family recipes with lots of ingredients, but none that, you know, right. it's like, ooh, the cherry on top. Nothing like that. I, I also, but I, in fairness, I don't have any that are magical and ruin somebody's day either. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this last walnut is a very special Smurfy tradition, but because Greedy <laughs> ate it, Papa Smurf now has to go get one from a squirrel that lives nearby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the squirrel friend is very helpful. I guess it's like borrowing a cup of sugar. Basically. <laughs> Although I wonder if the, if the squirrel has agency to say no, given how Papa Smurf commands the wolves. Like, mm. Is Papa Smurf really just this, this magical forest creature tyrant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the illusion of free will. He's a Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi mind tricks himself a walnut. Why are the kids' eyes only pupils, but everybody else has whites of their I eyes? I was wondering that, too. Like, same thing with their uncle. It's just yeah. the thoughts of her eyes, like like Santa and uh, Rudolph. Family and, trait. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> they bred out the white of the eyes over yeah, the years. Yeah, I was originally going to say, well, because they're kids. But no, you're right. The uncle has them, too. Yeah, we're back to Grandpa and the kids again, and they get attacked by a wolf, and this mysterious stranger watches from a hill, and then back to Gargamel again. This is dizzying. <laughs> is that where we have the awful imagery of, of Grandpa's arm under the sleigh? <laughs> no, not yet. We see that <laughs> <Okay>. later. Uh, <laughs> that was, that yeah, was something coming. else, though. That was pretty traumatizing. Way more traumatizing than I remembered it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I remember Sorry. that one as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the things I remember as well. And I remember being crazy freaked out about it. And I never wanted to ride in a sleigh after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they zoom in on it like, hey, kids, here's a potentially dead body. Merry Christmas. 
the bright thing, the bright spot for you, Jerry, the opportunity never presented itself either. No, not in South Texas. Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all green here. Old. Yeah. <laughs> Most Christmases were in the 80s, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure for you, too, in Florida. Well, I wasn't in Florida in the Oh, 80s. no, you were in, uh, that's right, you were in Pennsylvania, weren't you? You grew yeah. up up north, yeah. I grew yeah. up in New Jersey. Never mind. But my bad. <laughs> but nowadays, like, my kids don't know a white Christmas yet. My oldest was up in Pennsylvania for one Christmas, but she was a year old, so she doesn't remember that. But, so you moved from New Jersey to the so, New Jersey of the South. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? At least you won't have to be traumatized by a sleigh accident. <laughs> there you go. That's part of the reason why I remember I used to work for the radio station. They used to call out all the school closings. So I would have to go in. I would either have to stay at a hotel or I would like take the train in before the snow really started coming down. And then when I would get back to my car at this train station again, it would the whole parking lot would be plowed and there's just a mountain of snow on top of my car which is the only car there because <laughs> everything else is closed so it would take me 90 minutes just to shovel it all off my snow just to be able to get in and crank the heat up while i finish getting the rest of the snow off the hood oh man i don't miss that for a second no i wouldn't either Mm-mm. oh no, but before we see this grandpa's hand sticking out of the sled, we see Gargamel trying to add one last ingredient to his own recipe for making life miserable. Oil of rat wax. Yes. <laughs> which makes the whole potion explode, sending him flying to the ceiling to a hanging chandelier, but then breaks and falls. So he's wondering what went wrong with the recipe. Nothing, man. It just made your life miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it worked for me. <laughs> and Azrael's life. Azrael wasn't too happy here. That's true. No. Yeah. <laughs> then a quick cut to borrowing the walnut from the squirrel, and then then we zoom in on the hand. And William even asks his sister, "Do you think grandfather's gone to heaven?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was intense. This is how traveling used to be hundreds of years ago. You venture out in the snowy wilderness, and Grandpa might not make it. <laughs> Just Imagine the Oregon Trail thing coming on the top. Yeah. Grandpa has died of hypothermia. <laughs> uh, at least it's not dysentery. Oh, dear. That we know of. I, I think ultimately everything has to be dysentery, right? <laughs> <laughs> on the Oregon Trail, yeah. The kids even tell Gargamel when they knock on his door for help, our sleigh overturned and our grandfather won't open his eyes. No, we won't open his eyes. It's just dramatic. It really it is. Awful. And then he turns them away with, do you have any money? No, then go away. I'm busy. That was a pretty good Gargamel. <laughs> I kind of want to do that next time a solicitor comes to my door. Stop trying to sell me stuff. Do you have money for me? Do you have money? Do you have money? <laughs> They try to trick you now by knocking shave and a haircut like, ooh, must be someone fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last time someone knocked shave and a haircut on my door, I told my wife, don't answer it. It's a trick. But oops, it was her father. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just knocked like that. Today. I used to as a when kid. I was bringing home dinner. <laughs> my hands were full, so I kicked the door, but yeah. I did shave it a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to someone new this time. It's the kid's Uncle Edgar. My niece and nephew should have been here hours ago. Never should have allowed them to make the trip with their grandfather. Organize a search party immediately. And this is the voice of Hamilton Camp again, who lives in quite a fancy chateau in middle of nowhere. Yeah, he does. Uh -huh. and sends out a search party to find the kids. What follows is a quick Smurfs cut, a quick kids cut, a quick wolf cut, and then back to Gargamel trying again with this potion recipe. <laughs> and here's when this mysterious stranger, who's never named. No, he's not. Opening Gargamel's front door and just stands there. He's like two heads taller than Gargamel and informs him. Who I am is not important. What is important is that I can give you the power to destroy the Smurfs. And what in exchange? I want the two children who are lost in the forest. And I think the isn't the stranger voiced by like Rene Auberginois? Yes. <laughs> Best known as Odo from Star Odo, Trek Deep yep. Space Nine. I also know him as um, 
the guy, the, the villain, the main villain from uh, Police Academy 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also Modoc from the movie My Best Friend is a Vampire. Uh, <laughs> and in The Little Mermaid, he was Chef Louis who tried to cook Sebastian and sang Les Poissons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, he'll always be Odo to us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We never learned this character's name, but the Christmas specials wiki took the liberty of writing that he's, quote, heavily implied to be the devil. Okay. Really? Um, <laughs> wow. That one went woo way over my head. That one went way over my head, too. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't just me. They just refer to him as the stranger. Stranger danger, kids. He's wearing a purple hooded cloak, has green skin and a very pointy goatee. Uh, that's it. Later, he says he's from another world and summons a ring of fire, but I don't know why it took me until this time watching it. And after reading that, the thing, oh, maybe it's Satan. I mean, I guess it could be. Could it be Satan? I don't know. But that's, that's another don't. classic color palette, you know, in the, in the especially in the 60s, purple and green were like the oh, colors yeah. that you would use to recognize, you know, villains. So like yeah. Shang the Conqueror, you know, it's kind of purple. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Dr. Doom's in that green. I mean, it's uh, so many and a lot of that had to do really with the limitations of the the ink and printing. But I mean, it's just it's it's a classic combo that you see. And it's just right away. You know, this there's something not right with this guy. I think, oh, it's the Joker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Look, yeah. I didn't really notice him being terribly green. He looked more, I don't like know, like a pale green, like a sickly color. Yeah. So this guy tells Gargamel he'll help him destroy the Smurfs in exchange for the two children. A curious Gargamel asks why, and it's for revenge on their uncle, who we find is a bailiff whose goodness has somehow meddled in his affairs. He offers Gargamel a scroll that reveals the location of Smurf Village and what to do when he gets there. But first he has to deliver the children, so out Gargamel goes to find them, only to run into Edgar the Bailiff and his search party. And he's quick to tell him he hasn't seen any children. <laughs> In the same breath, he's crying, children! Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> children! Uh, so Uncle Edgar oh. finally reveals, oh, by the way, grandfather's okay. False alarm, kids. No dead people. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. You can <laughs> all survive accidents. <laughs> I can breathe again. <laughs> He also tells Gargamel he'll give 10 gold coins to whoever finds the children. So now Gargamel somehow thinks he can get both the Smurfs and the gold. It's actually oh, one yeah. of his better ideas in the whole series. <laughs> actually really That's is. <laughs> really not saying a whole lot, though. No, it's not. But he plans to deliver <laughs> the kids to the stranger in exchange for the scroll. Go destroy the Smurfs village, then go to find the kid's uncle and lead them to the stranger so he can get the gold, too. That's using your head for once, Gargamel. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually a pretty smart cookie when he when he stops to think. Yeah. <laughs> Although he didn't realize he was dealing with the devil. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, well, the kids are resting by a tree when that pack of wolves tracked them down. And I guess Guinevere, trying to comfort her brother, starts singing Silent Night. Which I thought was really sweet. I mean, it, Silent Night's one of those songs that, you know, growing up, we would always sing it going Christmas caroling. And I never really liked it. But then for some reason, when my son was born, all of it, I just kept singing it as like a lullaby to him because hmm. he was born in October. Okay. And now it's like one of my favorite carols. I just I can't I can't like not hear, you know, Silent Night. So when I heard the little girl singing it, I just, you know, oh, it got me in the dad feels. <laughs> <laughs> it got Papa Smurf in the feels, too. Yeah, because they hear him uh, as they're going back home with their walnut. So they go to investigate. And Papa, well, here's when Papa Smurf is the evil wolf whisperer. <laughs> Well, I love how when he hears them singing, he's like, wait, wait, that's a child singing. Like he knows right away. Like it's not a little, you know, it's not a lady. It's not, it's, it's definitely a little girl. Yeah. I don't know, Papa Smurf. Well, he's just very old and very wise, I guess. I guess so. Tells these wolves to back yeah. off and not harm the children. And they just peace out in the other direction. Yeah. What's up with that? I really don't remember this. Did he do that a lot in the 
series? Not that I remember. I don't I remember. The, I know the Smurfs can talk to animals, but I don't remember Papa Smurfs having authority over the more aggressive ones like wolves <laughs> besides here. But I guess it comes in handy when your village is only full of creatures three apples tall, right? Yeah. yeah. They're not well hidden, so I mean, otherwise they'd probably be food for somebody. It's true. Or if yeah. not, their houses. Very colorful mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad that I always wanted to live in one of those houses? No, not at all. <laughs> it just looks so fun and cozy. Not at all. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think the, these houses are probably what planted the seed for all of us to want to live in a in the Shire. Yeah, probably. Up. I definitely watched oh, yeah. this before be. I watched that animated Hobbit. Yeah, same here. Yep. Just something cozy about them. <laughs> The Smurfs Christmas Special will return after these messages. Get ready for the Smurfiest time you've ever had, because now the Smurfs have come to King's Dominion, and you're invited to ride through their new home, Smurf Mountain. You can also see their great new Smurfy show. And best of all, you can meet some of your favorite friends in person, like Papa Smurf and Smurfette. So come on out and say hi to your new neighbors, the Smurfs, at King's Dominion. We now return to the Smurfs Christmas Special. Well, with his red hat and white beard, the kids naturally think Papa Smurf is Santa Claus, which I can't blame them. No, he, he's definitely Santa nope. Claus-esque. Yeah. And especially, you know, that seed is already planted because of their, their uncle there. So, yeah, of course, anyone with the beard and a red hat's got to be Santa. Grandpa never did tell them how tall Santa was, so. That's true. He didn't. Three apples high, and in sure. fact, if you think about the the uh, visit from St. Nicholas, you know, twice the night before Christmas, don't they even say he's a right jolly old elf? Yeah. Elves are kind of short. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Although their height doesn't match up with in, in relation to the size of the kids at all. I don't know. I don't know how big apples were. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we talking crab apples or actual apples? Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're definitely much smaller than three of my honey crisp I have downstairs yeah. right now. <laughs> well, at any rate, Papa Smurf never corrects them. They just lets them keep calling them Santa. So that's a, that's, that's like a good grandfatherly thing though. You know, I mean, if, if they think you're, if they think you are, might as well just let them think you are, you know? Yeah. They're out in the woods alone. So, <laughs> Papa Smurf sends Smurfette back to the village to get help and sends brainy, hefty, and clumsy Smurf to find the crashed sleigh. Why did you send clumsy? I don't understand that either. I mean, there's so many others that you could, uh, it seems like handy would be really good to have around. Yeah. I don't know if he made that trip to get the walnut, but. (laughs) It's true. Clumsy Smurf is voiced by Bill Calloway, the voice of Aquaman and Bizarro on Super Friends. Oh, hey, Bastic, Rainy! Oh, look at this! Yes. Professor Keenbean on the Richie Rich cartoon. And Square Bear and help, it's the Hair Bear Bunch. <laughs> I used to love the Richie Rich cartoon, but I loved Richie Rich in general, too. I was one of those kids oh, yep. that, that uh, I would, my aunt, every time I'd go to her house, she'd have those comics like lying around all oh, over. Oh, really? Yeah, and she'd buy them because so many cousins were, were always around. I mean, we were Hispanic, so we got like millions of cousins. And so she would just buy a bunch of those Archie and Richie Rich and nice. Asper. And so I would just read those like crazy. So when the uh, the cartoon came out, it was awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Well, they get there and no sign of grandpa, but there's a note that Brainy reads addressed to the children from their uncle, telling them grandpa is OK and stay with the sled. But, you know, it's not really what the what the note says. It's about what the note means. Right. <laughs> But the size of this paper note is messing me up. It's big for a Smurf, but way small for a human. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I guess. Who wrote kinda, this note? Apparently, Uncle Edgar. What kind of small parchment is he using to leave notes on broken sleds? <laughs> in the middle of the snowy wilderness, out in the elements. That's note parchment. You know, we have post-its. It's like a, like a post-it for parchment, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> invented post-its <laughs> Romeo and Michelle reference there yep 
Well, the rest of the Smurfs bring the kids back to their village and let them eat some of the pudding to greedy chagrin. And they offer the kids some Smurf-sized presents. William gets a <laughs> tiny horn from Harmony and Guinevere a tiny mirror from Vanity. Or were these originally for them? I I love that that little bugle that he's trying to play. It's like the it's so tiny and adorable. The most ridiculous thing. Because you know, with with most bugles, you gotta actually have your correct armature and right. everything. And there's like no way he could play that horde. So oh no, it's just, just me. <laughs> I love it. But doesn't matter because the other three Smurfs return from the sleigh and relay the news that Grandpa's okay and they should stay with the sleigh. But first, Papa Smurf decides to entertain the kids with a song. <laughs> here's where we first hear the Smurfs' traditional Christmas carol, Goodness Makes the Badness Go Away. I do, I remember them singing a song. I completely forgot that that was the title, you know, and those are the words of the song. Oh, I've Goodness had this thing in my head for 35 years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> not a lot of thought went into those lyrics there. Nope. But uh, I kind of really want a recording of this song now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play it on a loop for my kids. There you go. Shit. Goodness makes the badness go away. There you go. Goodness <laughs> makes it's an awesome song. It is an awesome song. <laughs> I really do want it. Toss it right in there with the other Christmas songs. It'll fit. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I probably wouldn't mind adding it to my yearly playlist if only the song had more than one verse and every Smurf sang in the same key because they yeah, sure yeah. don't hear. So I think what you're saying is we need a great cover of this song. There Stats we go. Sleigh bells and it's perfect. Make it so. <laughs> Play don't makes anything Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, my favorite things became a Christmas song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it wasn't initially, but then because of uh, Julie Andrews sang it on a Christmas special, and then I forget who recorded it, and they said it's not a Christmas song, just add sleigh bells. They added sleigh bells, boom, Christmas song. Nice. Was Pennies for from Heaven a Christmas song before Elf? I don't know. I don't think they so. They play it all the time at Christmas now. And I, really? I think it's all from, it's going back to non-Christmas songs. Yeah. No, Pennies from Heaven. Well, the movie came out Thanksgiving weekend. So that's as, I don't know. I don't know. All right. But after that, the Smurfs accompany the kids back to their sleigh, <laughs> where Papa Smurf plans to make a large fire to send a smoke signal for the kid's uncle to find. <laughs> But here's where Gargamel drops out of a nearby tree, sending the Smurfs scattering and kidnaps the children. Yep. Yep. They all run away. Yeah. Way to go, Smurfs. <laughs> Gargamel just brings him back to his castle where he hands him off to the stranger where Papa Smurf and the rest of them look through a window only to see the stranger hand over the scroll with the secret to destroying their village. <laughs> <laughs> that's like such a classic Smurf thing. I remember them always like looking through a window to try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so again, they never identify this bad guy straight out. If he's supposed to be anyone of note besides some evil wizard, they do a bad job of conveying it. And yet they keep a line in here where Papa Smurf says he notices or recognizes something about him. And we never go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's, hey, let's it's irrelevant, y'all. It too. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, you would expect <laughs> at least something, but no. You're the devil. <laughs> m mama said. <laughs> <laughs> mama said football's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> So the stranger leaves with the kids and Papa Smurf tells his group they're following them and not to worry about their village. These kids come first. But Gargamel heads straight for Smurf Village only to find it completely empty. 
<laughs> He's a little bummed by that, but goes about reading this incantation on the scroll anyway. <laughs> Evil forces, all that's foul, witches, brew, demons, howl. Come destroy the Smurfs, good cheer. Let not one survive this year. <laughs> it worked. Which turns everything in the village to ruins. It all kind of rots before our eyes because Gargamel read some rhyming words. That's how magic works, man. Yeah. You gotta rhyme or it doesn't work. <laughs> Harry Potter's got it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Even the scroll vanishes in a poof, and that's that. He's satisfied with leaving the Smurfs homeless, and now he goes off to find the kid's uncle to collect his gold. Gargamel really is the Grinch in this one, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He, he really just wants to, like, just mess with their Christmas. That's all. He hates all holidays, but Christmas especially. Yes. Finds Edgar, says he found the children, points them in the direction of where the stranger went with them, and Gargamel thinks that's enough to get his reward. <laughs> I had such high hopes for you, man. Well, I mean... It, it was a smart plan, but he's still Gargamel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that was his plan all along to just tell him, oh, they went that way and expect money. Well, that's your own fault. <laughs> that's pretty classic Gargamel, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love how he's like, uh, so don't I get some reward money? Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, if we get the kids back. We'll right, be. that's how this works. Well, the stranger agrees because apparently he went in a circle and ended up behind Gargamel? <laughs> Obviously. Right. Teleported or something. I don't know. Could I be. Mean, he's, a, he's a pretty powerful wizard. Maybe yeah. he did. Catches him in the act before trying to betray him, thereby breaking their contract, and so he makes Gargamel come with him, too. <laughs> Gargamel starts to back away, and finally we see this guy do some magic, turning a nearby tree into a pile of horned serpents. Yeah, it was almost like a hydra there, you know, just so many heads. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. I was I actually really enjoyed that animation, and yeah. it kind of reminded me a little bit of Evil Seed from that He-Man episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember that one. That's a deep yeah. cut. Yeah, that's like where, where Skeletor and He-Man have to work together because Evil Seed is like turning all the plants, you know, all the vines are just choking everybody. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> wow. Talk about a trip down memory lane. <laughs> uh, and the now terrified Gargamel agrees to go with them. Meanwhile, the Smurfs are following their tracks thanks to Tracker Smurf. Look, Papa Smurf, Gargamel and Azriel have joined them. And this is the last voice I'll mention. It's Henry Pollock II, best known as Jerry Silver on Webster. He was the mom's secretary. <laughs> oh, and he wow. was also the voice of the Scarecrow in Batman the Animated Series. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. They're, they're following the tracks. And as the Smurfs lament poor William and poor Guinevere, Papa Smurf adds perhaps even poor Gargamel. Which oh, yeah. warrants a poor, poor Gargamel. It reminded me of Frosty with oatmeal. Oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, perfectly okay name for a snowman. Yeah, I don't see why not. It's a snowman. <laughs> it's, it's not a baby. You're okay. You're okay right? with oatmeal. <laughs> and here is where the stranger tells Gargamel and the children they're coming with him to his world on what he calls the final journey. Oh, there's Satan. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. That's it. That's as close as they get to, I or some kind of demon. I don't know. Yeah, it's adding up now. <laughs> it checks out. Maybe I'm starting to think the stranger may not be a good guy after all. Mm. <laughs> not uh. on the level, but. This is the part I remember the most out of this entire special. For years, I basically had no recollection of about the first 15 minutes of this. But evil bad guy creates a giant ring of fire to keep Gargamel from escaping and just continuously repeating. Fire, fire burning bright, take us home this very night. You know, for Christmas. <laughs> you think that would be the thing that I remembered most too, because it is it is kind of an intense scene, but no, it was just that pink pudding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Here's where the Smurfs find them, and it seems hopeless until Papa Smurf explains there's only one thing that can overcome that much evil. There is one greater power, the power of love. That's the power of love. And this, this is very elf here, you know, the, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing yeah. loud for all to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I couldn't hear their hearing. All I could hear in my head this whole time was Mike Ness singing Ring of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Not Johnny Cash. Mike Ness. Well done. Oh, Mike Ness, for sure. This was totally, this was way too metal to be Johnny Cash. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Well, I don't know. Johnny Cash didn't do that whole uh, album. (laughs) You know, later on, it was what, like the, the late 90s, early 2000s? Early 2000s, I think. The Nine Inch Nail stuff? Yeah. yeah. Mike Ness did it first. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, but he instructs the Smurfs to start singing like they've never sung before, and that leads them back into goodness makes the badness go away. And the kids hear him, and it's Santa! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Arthur Mel has to sing too, though. He does. Papa Smurf tells us that Papa Smurf makes, sing. yeah. And Gargamel. I love how he's so reluctant to do it. He's like, no, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I hate it. Now. He, he's got, finally, he's just, he, oh, well. Gargamel, you too. Sing. Goodness, you. Yeah. Goodness, yeah. I hate it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You know, they got to team up to defeat the real bad guy here. Yeah. Just well, like it, evil seed. We do finally <laughs> see a hint of fear in our stranger's voice as he warns the Smurfs, "Stop your meddling." <laughs> But finally, as Gargamel says, oh, well, and he starts singing, that makes the Ring of Fire and the Stranger fade away and disappear. Just like that. He wasn't so tough. This will be our last elf reference, maybe. But I mean, just like, you know, the sleigh didn't fly until uh, Walter Hobbs himself joined in. Mm. Yep. Well, no sooner does he disappear than the search party arrives and William and Guinevere are reunited with their uncle and grandpa. Yay, the day is saved. And Gargamel tries to say, yes, I made sure they were safe and sound. But the kids are quick to say, don't give him anything. He was mean to us. <laughs> Uncle's like, oh, was he now? Yeah, he's really going to like lay the smack down on us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Guinevere's quick to add, don't hurt him either. It's Christmas Eve. Time for forgiving. Even Gargamel, who runs off cursing at Asriel, there's no justice in the world. None at all. <laughs> No justice in the world. <laughs> right. I love his sense of justice. It's so smurfed. <laughs> A lot of very Yeah, that goodness makes the badness go away lasted really long, Gargamel. Well, that's kind of how I imagine Skeletor too in the He-Man special. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just you know, he it's only one day a year. There it is. But I guess for Gargamel it's even shorter. Yeah. The magic of Christmas, so. Kids tell their uncle Santa and his helpers saved them, and he just laughs it off as they ride off in their sleigh, not even bothering to look back as the kids turn around and wave goodbye to Santa and the rest of the Smurfs. (laughs) Bye, Santa. (laughs) Who then go back to their village and find it in ruins, so they're all huddled together in blankets. Oh, now you're cold? Y'all have been walking (laughs) outside all day, and now you're cold? I know it's bedtime. I mean, yeah, yeah, there was daylight. Cozy. Yeah. Not a single cloud in the sky in this entire special. So fine. <laughs> That's a good way to save on yeah. animation costs. There you go. I just, but, yeah. Storms just come out of nowhere, though. It's fine. There you go. <laughs> it's true. Papa Smurf says what's important is they have each other. And here oh. is where Harmony, who still has his trumpet, decides, hey, y'all want to hear my solo now? Sure. <laughs> And as he plays, he's surrounded by a glow. And what we don't get to see is everything in the village, Christmas tree included, returning to their former glory. We just see that everything's back. 
as the rest of the Smurfs look on, asking Papa what just happened. He doesn't know. He just says, maybe anything can happen, even miracles. <laughs> and that's how they end this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. It's a weird line to end it on. With the Smurfs all dancing around the tree like the who's down in Whoville. <laughs> it was uh it was it was very uh you know how the Grinch yeah. stole Christmas. Very Whovian. It was very yeah, Whovian. <laughs> That's a good it was. Way, yeah. I, I dug it though. I liked seeing that stuff come back because it was really depressing as it withered away with, with under Gargamel, especially oh, yeah. the tree and the star breaking. Oh, that's right. The star kind of cracks. I forgot about it, that. It exploded or yeah, something, right? That's right. It, yeah. like, it was depressing. It was more than just a poof. It was it was like a jokey smurf explosion. <laughs> <laughs> have y'all seen the uh the Halloween episode? Do y'all remember that one? No, I'll that have to check that know. out. It's been a while. It's Jokey Smurf's birthday and Halloween. Oh no. Of course it is. <laughs> And it and it rains out of nowhere, and they say it never rains on holidays or Smurf birthdays. How many Smurfs are there? It never rains on Smurf birthdays. That's what they say, huh? Well, I think there was. I think isn't there a line somewhere in here that there's only like a hundred of them? Okay. Well, because uh, yeah, I think he Brainy says something like you know, you know, ninety nine other of you know of yeah, us other right. Smurfs, something like that. You know, or or hungry and can't wait. Or, I don't remember what he says, but. Oh, that's oh. right. So I guess, yeah, Make that, that checks out. Yeah. And we get a nice <laughs> final shot going up the decorated tree and above the star topper to reveal a shining Christmas star twinkling in the sky. Oh, so I guess maybe that was the real Santa's gift. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> well, that was an adventure. It sure was, but I loved it. I gotta say yeah, it was good to come back to. It, it sure was. It brought back a lot of memories. Uh, and I, I love the Smurfs. It was just one of those that I tried my best never to miss an episode. And I think they had, what, like eight seasons of it? Something, something like, that. like that. It lasted Eight a long nine, time. Yeah. I feel like, or it might have not been rebooted, but they kind of picked up on it again around 1987. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. I know there was actually, a, a in the show, like in the third season, there was actually a, a Christmas episode. Right. Well. Yeah. yeah. Like baby's first Christmas. Baby Smurf's first like Christmas, yeah. Hey, yep. Yeah. Maybe I'll put that on the list. And then it came back again with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. that's right. They did one of those, yeah. No, no, it didn't. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> the best the best yeah. music, I'm kind of bummed it wasn't in this episode. Um they the have No, they set uh Happy Birthday in the Halloween episode, the Halloween <laughs> song. Can uh-huh. we wish you a Merry Christmas? Oh, nice. Huh. Neat. Yeah. It was cool. That is cool. We wish you a happy birthday and a happy Halloween or something like that. <laughs> that epic. Well, yeah, in their defense, Halloween doesn't have a lot of cool songs you can just change to the lyrics. No, but they 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 mad, they just ripped they just straight up ripped We Wish You a Merry Christmas, owned it, and it was epic. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, I would have liked to have heard a nice little, you know, la, 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 la. That, that would have been nice. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the Smurfs Christmas special? Wish they had more besides uh, this one and that other one. I think it, they could have really come up with something cool. This one's pretty underrated, though, I think. In Absolutely. the whole scheme of Christmas yeah. specials. We don't see it every year, and we should. Sure. I think so. It's got a great message, uh, you know. Goodness makes the badness go away. Yeah. Right? I I like the message of Christmas being a time of forgiveness, but I wish they would have dwelt on that a little longer than sing about goodness to make the badness go away. But but from the Smurfs, I'll take it. I will, too. As as parents, that's what we try to teach our kids, right? Absolutely. You could. Yeah. You could. That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I really, I enjoyed it. I wish uh, that, you know, it, uh, it, the magic was great, but I do wish that they could have maybe been a little less choppy, but for what it was at the time, I mean, I think it's, it was fine. It was perfect. And you're right. It would have been cool to see it more than, yeah, you know, just a few times that we saw it when it was recorded. Yep. I still think given 1982 Hanna-Barbera, this was good. Oh, very, very solid. It's very true. Yeah. I agree. Very good. 
I will be watching it again and adding it to my Christmas canon, I think, now that it's yes. been brought back Highly into my recommend. life. I agree, too. Yep. And fortunately for all you listeners, you can find the full episode on YouTube. Yes, it's it's officially on YouTube. Nice. Yep. On the Smurfs official channel. Um, A ton you- of... I can't believe how much stuff they have on there. Almost all of it, or at least a good a good stretch of it. Maybe they're still adding to it. I don't know, but it's legit. I'm glad more and more shows are getting put up there. Me well, too. yeah, Hasbro did that too, uh, especially when COVID. Yeah, first, Hasbro, uh, Filmation has a bunch the, now. Uh, the original, you know, um, GI Joe miniseries that mm-hmm. was really cool. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I showed those to my kids, and they really, they really dug them. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. They're like, can we watch the next part? No. Nice. Oh, okay. Well, let's watch the next one. <laughs> Have y'all seen the trailer for the 2021 animated Smurf series coming out? No. No. Uh-uh. Well, we don't can, get your hopes up. Sounds like it. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> that good, huh? CG? No, it's very it's over it's it's very it's overly like CGI 3D. Yeah, that seems to be the the go-to style now. I I think think it's just easier to do. Yeah, which, fine, but you can stylize it if you put the work into. But uh, it's, it's, you know, Jokey Smurf blowing up Harmony Smurf, so. Naturally. (laughs) It's sticking with classic themes. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember the episode where... uh, there's like some sort of meteor and Brainy gets like super strength for a while and he can fly. Yeah, oh, that's right. Hero. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, I, I remember to, that one. I loved that one because, you know, like I said, Brainy was was uh, my favorite. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why he's terrible, but I loved Brainy. And, and so when he was actually like a superhero for a bit. Oh, man, like super Smurf. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Well, that's going to put a bow on another season of the Advent Calendar House. Thank you both. This has been so much fun. This was so much fun. It was. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime I get to talk anything 80s, especially. It's always pretty rad. (laughs) It's totally rad. Uh, Oh, I see what Ah. you did there. (laughs) Uh, And if people want to keep the spirit of the season going during the rest of the year, these are a couple of people you definitely want to follow. So... If people want to borrow a walnut from you for their pudding, how can they find you, Jerry? Uh, so I am on anywhere you listen to your podcasts. But uh, if you want to look me up on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, at oh, Well, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas. Twitter at Rad Christmas. And a web page, if I ever finally get around to actually building it, because I have the <laughs> domain and just kind of left it there, um, you can find me there, too. <laughs> and Tom. Yeah, check us out at tisthepodcast.com. Um, all of our social media is just tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook slash Facebook group slash Reddit slash Instagram or slash Twitter. We'll take you to all of the magical places where you can find us. And we are everywhere that you listen to your podcasts that you can possibly imagine. Just search Tis the Podcast. Thank you both again, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Oh, I just realized that <laughs> at the end of the episode. Do over. We Speaking watched the wrong 80s. thing. No, I'm sorry. There's the time. But you can still find all my past specials at adventcalendar.house. There you'll find links to subscribe and say hi on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Fall West Mike. Come and say hi to me there. I'll pick things back up again on July 1st, 2021, with another batch of 12 of my favorite holiday specials. Until then, for Jerry Davila and Tom Crow, from my apparently important-looking chateau in the middle of nowhere, this is Mike Westfall saying, only one more sleep till Christmas. Careful of that icy patch. Good night! Good night!